Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. That the law is good if a man uses it lawfully. That verse right there tells us by default that there are some that will use it unlawfully there's nothing wrong with the law but what can be wrong is someone will use it what does the bible say they will use it unlawfully if a man use it lawfully that's a good thing so it would be a bad thing if you used it unlawfully um, to the ungodly, it does restrain them from sin. It does convince, convince them of their sin. It does convict of sin. This is why we have laws, and, and many have made the argument. I'm not disagreeing with the argument. You know, the Ten Commandments in the, in the courthouse and the, and the Ten Commandments, um, uh, they, they, they don't like that because, well, they don't want to let the criminal read, thou shalt not kill. But that, that, that's a law that would convict somebody. That's a law that would, when you, when you hear what the laws are out there, it's going to convince you not to do them and me not to do them so that we don't suffer what? The consequence. So that's, that's the law. In Galatians 3, you don't, actually turn there to Galatians 2. And I'll read you. Well, go to Galatians. Go to Galatians 3. Galatians 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 24, the Bible says, Galatians 3, 24, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. And we all know that the law was not designed for us to be able to obey 100% and then somehow earn our way to heaven. That's impossible. The law shows us that as we try to keep it, it reveals to us, well, we can't keep it. And so now we need to be justified by faith. And it was our schoolmaster. It's no longer our schoolmaster. That is what it was. We now, as born-again Christians, when we witness, we should be using the law as a schoolmaster to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says in verse 25, but after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for you're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now look at verse number 16 of Galatians chapter 2. Watch what it says, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but, here's the contrast, by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not, here's the contrast, by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. It's by Christ, not by a person keeping the law. We see a clear contrast there in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 16. But we must use the law lawfully. Any organization has laws, they have rules, homes have laws, rules, commands, 
churches have laws, rules, commands. There's order to the way God created in the church house, in the home, in society, in the legal system. All of it is based upon the principle of God's law and order. Okay? We understand that. Now, watch what happens as we start to unpack 1 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 9. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. You see the cross-reference principle that we saw in Galatians 3? We're not under schoolmaster anymore. Amen. Not made for a righteous man. I have the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. How about you? Have you trusted him? But here's the contrast for the lawless. Lawless people are those that they just will not be bound by the law. Now, I know that it is very difficult to find good workers. That's a complaint that you have probably heard yourself through different business owners. But that's not the only side of the story. There's another side. Bosses, employers, they can't get their workers to obey the rules. Worker shows up. He don't care what the says. He'll walk out on. Not right. The police, they're trying to defund. They're trying to defund the police. They're keeping they're called to keep law and order. When a criminal isn't obeying, he should be made to obey restrained by that law to keep society safer. And if he receives a consequence from the police officer, the police officer, the police officer isn't bad. The criminal's the bad guy. The police officer is establishing law because of the lawless. And that's an okay thing to do. That's a right biblical thing to do. Then it says disobedient. But for the lawless and disobedient, they just refuse to obey. I go to 2 Timothy and young people pay attention to this one. 2 Timothy 3. Watch the Bible says. Um, we're not going to go down this rabbit trail. We went through it when we did rightly dividing. But there's two last days. There's the last days of Israel, and there's the last days of the church. And we'll unpack this a little bit more when we actually get to 2 Timothy. But in verse 1, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. What last days is that referring to? That's the church. And you will know that you are in the last days of the church age when these things are happening. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud blasphemers. And here it is, disobedient to parents.
without natural affection is in verse number three. Now, when we go down to the to the um, pride, the gay pride festival to preach the gospel and evangelize that crowd. That's the without natural affection crowd. Okay. And when Christians go down there, or when Christians or conservatives see the news blurbs all through the month of June, you know what they'll say? Man, we're in the last days. And you know what? They will be right. <laughs> they will be right. That is an indication that we are in the last days. And guess what? Paul and Timothy were writing this. Do you think that was going on in their day? We got some long last days. <laughs> and guess what happens? It keeps waxing worse and worse. But right in that list, boys and girls, is also disobedient to parents. How many of those same Christians will look at the way young people treat their parents and say, we're living in the last days? I submit to you, probably not as many as would say it when they go down to see what's going to be happening during this wicked month of June that the world has set aside to celebrate absolute filth. But disobedience, God takes it serious. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Don't disobey you. Don't refuse to obey. Obey them. Be a good time to get an amen, young person. Lawless, disobedient. And what does it say next in verse number nine? For the ungodly. That's just wicked people. You know what a great book of the Bible is? You find this word ungodly almost on uh, repeat. Go to Jude. Go to the book of Jude and look. Okay, 15. We'll start reading it. Look at 15 in the book of Jude to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly. Among then of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which is ungodly sinners have spoken against them. These are murmurers, complainers, complainers, walking after their own lusts and their mouths, speaking great swelling words, having men's persons and admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words that were spoken before the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here it comes. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. You've got ungodly, 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 ungodly. <laughs> Just let them have it. You know what we're living in? An ungodly time. Is there a remnant? Yes. Praise the Lord. I'm part of it. You're part of it. 
Let's seek to live a godly life. After it says ungodly, and then it says and for sinners. All of us are blind. Well, all of us were blind, and we needed to see. All of us were deaf, and we needed to hear. How shall they hear without a preacher? And so what happened? The blinders came off, and we received God's gift of grace. But we were all lost, undone, all of sin. Now, we see things differently. We got a new set of glasses. It causes us to think and see differently. But we know that the law is good if a man uses it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane. How come it's such a struggle to get Christians to live holy? Because it's too much world in their lives. It's impossible. Impossible. I mean, with God, all things are possible. But if you allow your child to be inoculated, vaccinated 24-7 with what Hollywood puts out on the TV screen. They keep getting that shot of Hollywood all day, every day. 40 minutes on a Sunday morning with our Sunday school teacher isn't going to fix it. <laughs> Look, it's great that the child can be here for that. And we'll do all we can to help. But outside of a miracle, it's going to be real, real hard. Parents, child's in public school. Is it impossible for them to come out living for God? No, it's not impossible. My wife went through the public school system way back in a different era. Some of you might have gone through the public school system way back in a different era. What they're doing now wasn't even mentioned in my public high school. Wasn't mentioned. Now they're mentioning it. You got eight hours of that. And then if your child comes home after school and doesn't spend another two to three hours in sports with an ungodly baseball coach or in uh, music with a sodomite music teacher, are they all that way? No, a lot of them are. They're getting into the public school system to help further indoctrinate you with an unholy way of living. Christian parents have to start making some serious decisions. Well, Christian school costs money. So does the AMC movie theaters. 
Quit taking to the movies every week. So does Wendy's. Quit spending 20 bucks every day on fast food. Put it into Christian schooling. I'm telling you, people seem to find money for cable TV subscriptions. People tend to find money for cell phone data plans. People tend to find money to go to Dismaland and the Tragic Kingdom and all the rest of the stuff that's fun. Why don't you find that money to invest in some Christian school? Well, the Christian schools have gone woke. Not all of them, but, I, but I'll grant you a lot of them have gone where it's hard now that the principal can't be a headmaster anymore because the parents are. Well, really, the parents aren't because now the kids are running the parents. So who runs the Christian schools? You better be careful. A lot of times it's the kids. <laughs> They're afraid to toe the line on anything. You have to look real, real hard. Real hard. They want the church to get involved. Well, it does. Imagine us trying to run a conservative Christian school. I mean, they used to do it. Churches used to do it. Now it's a hot mess. You couldn't find a teacher that would commit to it. Unholiness abounds. For... Uh, unholy and profane. It's not pure. It's a polluted mouth. It's a potty mouth. It's a life that's polluted with sin. And then it says, for murders of fathers and murderers of mothers for manslayers. Now we think this verse in this text comes alive because of all that we see on the news, but I got news for you. This was written far before the television came out and NBC was created. This has been happening for a real, real long time. They have a word. It's called uh, patricide, killing of one's father. Matricide, killing of one's mother. Homicide, that's the manslayer. That's just killing anybody you want. Murder abound. See, is that true? Yeah, that's true. That's the criminal system. That's how they categorize it. Matricide, patricide, homicide. Why? Because you got people that will kill their own father. And they'll kill their own mother. That is horrible sin. Is that in the Bible? We just read it. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. You better believe we're in the last days. You're in the last days. All right, verse number 10. And then the Bible says for the sexually immoral. Hold on, let me try that one again. For fornicators. No, that's not what it says. For immoral persons. No, I don't care if you start in 1901 with the ASV and and finish with the legacy standard version in 2021 and everything in between, they're all wrong. They're all wrong. It says for whore mongers. That's in the Bible, rightly translated. 
It's a strong word. You know what's found? It's found in the book. It's found in the monarch of books. This book right here for whoremongers. You know what a whore is? That's, that's the female version. You know what a whoremonger is? That's the male version. That's the pimp. That's somebody that's involved in that type of activity. And let me say this. Monger, monger is a dealer. A whoremonger is a dealer, a trader. Those are the pimps of this world. He mongers with whores. And a man who is involved in this type of lewd sexual activity, the Bible calls him out as a whoremonger. And you young people stay away from it. Any type of sexual perversion and people that are sexual perverts, stay away from it. Don't listen to it. Don't watch it. Don't get involved with it. Marriage is honorable in all things. Marriage and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. LSB says it's a new, it's a new standard of precision. Yeah, precise, it's it, it's precisely wrong, is what it is. So yeah, I, I feel much better. I got that off my plate. Just, that kind of stuff is hard to hard to say nowadays. We're just old and outdated. I'm not old. And this Bible ain't outdated. It's about as up to date as the Daily News. Let's <laughs> tell. Right? <laughs> right. We had something we can trust. And that's a good thing. It's up to date. For whoremongers, verse 10, for them that defile themselves with mankind. We talked about that a little bit earlier. That's what the month of June is set aside for this wicked world to celebrate. That is what the public school system, that's the agenda that they will be embracing. And it's going to be front and center, front and center, all the month of June. And last year, I unsubscribed from a lot of stuff because it was, hey, will you get on board with unsubscribe? You can't call anybody anymore, but they got the chat box. Put my name, my email. Yes, I'd like to cancel my subscription. Why? Because you're embracing queers, and I don't want to support that. Crickets. We need to get the higher-ups. Look, I know it's hard to get away from it. I know it is. But you start looking at some of these big companies and what they're putting their money into, I know we can't get away from it. I mean, the money we use is government stamped. <laughs> How are you going to get... I mean, the government's got its hand. What, are you going to not use Federal Reserve notes? It's hard to get out of it, isn't it? Because we live in a world that's wicked. Well, I'm going to be against all of it. Okay, well, you just drove on a federal road. Account. 
You're not going to drive on state highways anymore. You're not going to drive on county roads. You're just going to drive on back roads. It's impossible. Look, the government's got its hand in it. They own the roads. You can't get away from it. It's all over. People defiling themselves. And the government, this world system, oh, God help us. It's been, it's moved into church houses. I'm embarrassed to say it. But there are buildings that have the word Baptist in their name that are bringing it into their youth programs and not saying or doing anything about it. Really, preacher? Really. You know what's going to happen soon? It's not going to be ABC Baptist Church anymore. As soon as they let it in, within five years, if not ten years, it's going to be ABC Church. Baptist is going away. You know what else is going away? This book. Honestly. You find me one church that's got this book on the pulpit. You find me one church that, that has this book out in the street. You find me one church that has this book in the people's laps where rock and roll and the sodomite lifestyle and embracing gay marriage is found. You won't find one because this book keeps people straight. It does. It does. You asked any preacher that's been in this 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, if you want to lower standards, the first thing that must go, it's got to be this book. It's got to go. You won't get a rock band in a church unless you get rid of this book. You find me a church where that's wrong, and I'll concede. But from what I've heard, what I've seen, and in my limited experience, that has been the way it's gone. Men stealers. Hmm. Well, who would steal a man? Go back, go back to Exodus 21. <laughs> let's, let's see what the Bible says here. I mean. Uh, for them that file themselves with mankind, then says, for men stealers. Exodus 21, keep your finger at 1 Timothy 1, but look at Exodus 21, verse number 2. The uh, Bible says, if thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. So you can buy, Old Testament law says, you can buy a servant, and that servant would render work for you. It's no different. Men, if we go to work, we are serving that master. We are serving that boss, that employer. We are there to render unto him. And that's lawful. That's biblical. Nothing wrong with that. Watch what it says in verse number uh, 16. Exodus 21, verse 16. 
Bible says, and he that stealeth a man and selleth him. If I have a servant and you come and steal that servant for me and sell him to someone else, God says, you cannot do that. You don't steal somebody's employee. You don't do it. And God's so serious about it, he says, in verse number 16, he that steals the man and sells him, or if he be found in his hand, he shall surely be put to death. You go to work tomorrow, right? Then on your lunch break, some recruiter comes by uh, and he says, hey, why don't, you, why don't you come over? Why don't you come over and work for me? He steals you from that. Now, look, it's not the Old Testament, but the principle still applies. It's not a right thing to do. There's a right way and a wrong way to leave a job. Same way there's a right way and a, and a wrong way to leave a church. Witnessing on the street and talking to somebody about their salvation and they, they come to know the Lord. And if, they, if they have a home church and they're happy in that home church, I'm happy that they're happy in their home church. There's no reason to try to steal sheep. God's not going to honor that. He's not going to be in that. I'm not saying you can't ever invite somebody to church. But let the Holy Spirit deal with that person. Christians ought not try to steal people away. Principle here, men stealers. We, we ought not have that hard attitude. Uh, go back to 1 Timothy. It says, for men stealers. And then at ne next it says, for liars. ABC, NBC, MSNBC. And dare I say, yeah, yeah, the conservative news network. And it's not CNN. They call it Fox News. You know, run by a bunch of Jesuit Catholics. You might get conservative, but you're not getting Bible. Well, I need to know what the weather's going to do. Okay, I understand. I need to know what's going on in world news. Okay, I understand. But don't act like you're going to get a worldview that's out of the Bible from those networks. The Bible says all men are liars. Romans 3 says, let God be true, but every man a liar. That means the JWs. That means the Campbellites. That means the Mormons. And yeah, that means your Jesuit priests that are, you know what Jesuits do? It's called covert. They want to come in under the radar and change the thing from inside. Jesuit news, Fox News. All your all your Fox News gods, little chief. Our country has gone nuts. The church is the pillar and ground of truth. Liars abound. Then it says perjured persons. You've sworn falsely. You're under oath and you, God hates that. It's a crime to lie under oath. If you make a promise 
and you know that you're going to go back on that promise, all that's rooted in a perjured person. God does not honor that uh, for liars, for perjured persons. And then it says here, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, that is a phrase that is found four times in our Bible. It's associated, when you see it, with right living versus wrong living. It's associated with the way that we treat each other. And the phrase, when it shows up, it shows up four times. And it's always a distinction is made between doctrine and now these four times when we see sound doctrine. In 1 Timothy 6, it calls it the doctrine which is according to godliness. It's a hint toward sound doctrine. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 3, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. The very vague five or six fundamentals of the faith that you see on many Christian churches across your country, that's doctrine. You know what they won't endure? You know what they won't tolerate? Sound doctrine. A man that will compel you to live right. A man that will rebuke wrong living and will magnify and lift up holy living and right living. Not as a means of salvation, but as a means of let's raise the bar, people. It's not wrong for the preacher to say, hey, let's live right. What does that mean? It means we don't do the things we used to do down here on this bar. We have the bar set higher. Well, I can't get over that bar, preacher. I understand that. But don't ask me to lower the bar. Take your lowered bar and we'll help you bring it up a notch. You don't listen to the stuff you used to listen to. Grown men, grown ladies, they get saved. They get in the right Bible. They get under right preaching. They get under conviction. They don't dress the way they used to dress. Just because the summertime comes out, that doesn't mean men go out on the beach half naked with their shirt on. I don't care how many days you've spent at the gym. God says, cover yourself up. I mean, live, live right. Live according to sound doctrine. You imagine a Christian going up, guy, you find out he's a Christian, and you say to him, you're a Christian? You're walking around in a pair of underwear, and you're a Christian. You're using your underwear as outerwear, and you expect me to believe that you're a Christian. You can see it now, the social media posts, legalists. So-called Christian ladies. As soon as it gets hot enough, they're going to walk around on the beach or they're going to walk around town or they're going to go to the lake in their underwear. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, I couldn't tell by the way you're dressing. If I had to guess, I'd probably guess more along Harlot. That's insulting. What else would you assume if someone is standing outside in their underwear? 
cover yourself up. Cover yourself. Live according to sound doctrine. Live right. I know you got your doctrine right. I know you're saved by grace. I know that you understand there's a trinity. I know you understand uh, the Godhead and, and all that. I know you got your doctrine. You know what this world needs, this Christian, the Christians living in this world? They need to start living according to sound doctrine. Well, I can't make it to church on Sunday because I got a membership to the lake. Well, cancel the membership to the lake. Why would you cancel church? You love the fish more than you love fishing for men? You love you you love the lake crowd more than you do the church crowd? And when you talk to those people, they got their doctrine right. You know what they've got wrong? Their sound doctrine. I can't make it to midweek service. I've got a softball game. Well, here's a great, here's a novel idea. Cancel softball. Why cancel church? That person's doctrine didn't change. It's sound doctrine. That's important. Titus 1 says that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. How you live will give you a hearing for people. Live right. Titus 2.1, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. And that goes on to explain and it talks about the aged women and the aged men. Right after that verse in Titus about sound doctrine. And you know what it includes about the aged men and the aged women? Who wants to guess how they live? It's all associated to sound doctrine, how you live. And now the last verse we'll look at, and then I'll be done. First Timothy 1, verse number 11. There's not a period after verse 10. If there be any other thing that's contrary to sound doctrine, there's a semicolon there. And then it says, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, period. You know what sound doctrine is? It's according to the glorious gospel of Christ. It can't be separated. Living right can't be separated from the glorious gospel of Christ. Because a Christian doesn't live lawless. A Christian doesn't live disobedient, ungodly, a sinful life, unholy, profane. He's not a murderer, a whoremonger. He's not a liar, a perjured person. He doesn't live like that. The glorious gospel calls for, by default, sound doctrine. It calls for you and I to live right. That's the charge in these verses. Live it, people. Live it. We all need to live it. You can't say, I can't say, that I have sound doctrine, that you have sound doctrine, if we're not living right. And it's all connected. That's the call of the glorious gospel of Christ.
Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.